1: On today's podcast, author Garth Jones returns to talk about the 80s classic Razorback. My name is Justin Hamilton, and you're listening to Big Squid Presents. It's been a while since Garth was on the podcast, so we figured we should go big. And when I say big, I mean a big pig in Razorback, one of my favourite Aussie films when I was a kid. Uh, this was a really fun movie to discuss. So, if you're not across this bad boy, I'd hardly recommend checking it out in all its weirdo glory. This is a weirdo film. This is exploitation at its best for me. So, then uh, you know what? Like Garth put it out there online that we were uh, watching this film, and uh, there seem to be quite a few of you that were very excited by it. So, I'm, I'm excited to know that... Uh, there are people out there who hold the uh, Razorback film in high regard. Well, we'll have a soft spot for it anyway. Uh, Before we bring Garth in, thank you to everyone who came to my performance of Little Victories last week with Tim Ferguson. It was a lovely turnout. And uh, for all of you who were in the audience, you were fantastic. It was just a a really lovely night and it was great to perform with uh, the beautiful Tim Ferguson again as well. And uh, maybe that show's done now. I'm not uh, entirely sure. Uh, Might be time to, you know, do something new. Uh, Write a new show, maybe. Uh, I'll be performing at the Comedy Store all this week. Uh, So, this is coming out on the 20th of June. And I'm headlining at the store on the 22nd, 23rd and 24th. So, uh, might throw some of the material in there. Might do a little bit of mix and match. But, uh, yeah, that's the... Only shows that are coming up in the near future. So, if you're in Sydney, maybe check us out at the Comedy Store. Uh, over at Patreon, I've been uploading a bunch of old podcasts that I discovered from my original show. Can you take this photo, please? And last week, there was a wonderful two-part interview with uh, with Tony Martin, which was recorded uh, roughly 10 years ago. And it's been great going back to these old podcasts and I've had to clean up the audio because it's, you know, they're old and they were recorded in, uh, you know, uh, with lesser equipment and they've been a little bit, uh, you know, crackly over the years. But anyway, um, they seem to be getting a lot of great responses over there. And uh, it's not just been Tony Martin, there's been interviews with Tom Gleason, which are pre-hard chat definitely pre-Hard Quiz, but uh, pre-Hard Chat, Cal Wilson, Will Anderson. And coming up next week will be the first of three podcasts, and they are performances of a little show I did back in 2007 called Three Colours Hamo. So keep an eye out for those. I'm just cleaning up the audio on them now, and they should be hopefully uh, maybe even this week, but uh, definitely by next week. Also, when you sign up to Patreon, apart from being able to access bonus podcasts and more goodies, you get an episode dedicated to you. And today's shout-out goes to Matt Highkiller Is that a Finnish name, Matt? Uh, when I was looking it up, I was uh, making sure that I got the pronunciation correct. I hope I have uh, gotten that correct, actually. And uh, I, it seemed to be suggesting that it was Finnish in uh, its original form. Is, is that correct? Please let me know. And uh, Matt, I hope you're a fan of the movie we're talking about today, and if you're not across it, I hope this podcast inspires you to check it out. It's, uh, it's a fun film, and uh, maybe you can let me know what you think uh, of the film when you have seen it, but also let me know if uh, that last name is indeed Finnish in origin. Thanks for being a part of the Patreon and helping my friends and I to continue to be able to work on this podcast. If you'd like to have a shout out and be able to access over 70 hours of bonus podcasts and more, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton. That is patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton and you'll find a tier that suits you. Let's now head to the outback where a big Australian pig has attacked an old man, run off with a baby and killed an American newswoman. When her husband flies out from the States, he not only must deal with the rampaging pig, but he must also fight the monsters that hide within the souls of men. Let's enter the world of Razorback.
0: In the Australian Outback, he's waiting. Something big scared him away. Like what? I don't know. But it was huge. It was as big as a rhino. Jake Cullen, the obsessed hunter determined to stop about it. i to come to the water hole to drink.
1: Jake, get some
0: help. Andy, No, he's to... mine.
1: Animal campaigner? And dumped at the pet pack cannery eight miles west of here.
0: The American animal campaigner who got more than the story she bargained for. Don't rub her up. She wasn't very popular around here.
1: What did you do to my wife, Benny?
0: And what? the crazed brothers who protected oh, their own then. secrets at all costs. You ask too many bloody questions, you know that? Carl Winters searching for the answers. Godless vermin. He's only got two states of being.
1: Dangerous or dead. That boar destroyed his life. Now hey, listen, Bill, you're in the middle of bugger all here, so for Christ's sake, don't go walk about. And we'll never find
0: you. Now we'll be back in five or six hours. Gregory Harrison, in his first major motion picture, running for his life.
1: Do it, just bloody do it. Hello? Tell man, shoot you've finished the kangaroos! Shoot Certainly!
0: Produced by Hal McElroy, from Australia's hottest new director, Russell Mulcahy. Razorback. He's only got two states to be.
1: Dangerous or dead. Razorback. Razorback, what a movie. It is uh, a hell of a start because what I really respect about it is for a movie about a wild boar terrorising people in the outback, it wastes no time in giving us what we want, which is a giant boar terrorising people in the outback. And right from the get-go, we open it on poor old Jake sitting at home with his grandson. Oh, Jake. <laughs> Jake. When the giant feral hog rips apart the home and runs off with the grandson. And, like, what do you think of this? Because this is, like, the opening, what, three minutes, if three that? Three minutes, maybe. I mean,
0: it, it, we are speaking off mic about uh, the walls closing and anxiety, but, um, I mean, I lived next door to a house. that looked exactly like Jake's. Right. <laughs> Precisely <laughs> like Jake's. Yeah. And we lived on the edge of town in Broken Hill, so, like, it was quite... You know, what wasn't a low probability of, like, something similar happening once you see <laughs> this film. Yeah. It's like, yep, yeah, I can absolutely imagine a fucking ball going straight through the house. And yeah. Taking my little brother or whatever.
1: Man. it's uh... And all those stoic, you know, my granddad would have been
0: in that age too, the stoic old man who's then. Yeah, yeah, just minding his own business. Minding his own business, you know, taking care of the grandson. That's pretty progressive for someone that age.
1: Yeah. 80s, early 80s. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he he gets no respect. Like, everyone turns on him immediately. Poor old Jake gets fucked over, doesn't he? Yeah. It's one of those things where you think, um, you know, like you don't need too much going on in a movie like this, but also just from a story point of view, well, if they don't believe that a giant boar ripped through his house and ran off with the kid, what do they think happened? <laughs> to the house, specifically? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: That's what I mean. I mean. It's the same thing, you know, later on in the film too, obviously other characters like are clearly uh, killed by a giant boar and yeah. no one can get it together to actually uh, put two and two together.
1: Yeah, it's it's really, it's it's a hell of a start to a film. And uh, you, do you know the, uh, the I think it's on, it lives mainly on Twitter, but do you know the theory of Surf Dracula? No. So Surf Dracula is, it's a thing online where it's like, once upon a time, if there was a TV show called Surf Dracula, it would be every week Dracula on a surfboard, surfing, solving crimes, doing shit. But now, Surf Dracula would be a whole series, and then right at the end, he'd pick up the surfboard.
0: Okay, I'm Surf Dracula now. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I'm it's. picking it, up the mantle.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you see it like. Um, it's funny. Like, uh, I, I just saw this week that uh, Perry Mason got canned uh after two seasons and i thought it was exceptional but that Mm -hmm. is a show where maybe you should have just started off with him being perry mason rather than giving everyone a a full season to see him become perry mason and then you don't do i mean you kind of lose the impetus a little bit but it's razorback Let's get that Razorback in there. It's, it's <laughs> fucking in there, you know, and uh, it'd be funny if this was a TV series. How, how many episodes in do you think it would take before we saw the Razorback?
0: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that, that Razorback cost two hundred and fifty grand and didn't work, so I think they had to get as much uh, play out right. of it as possible, as quickly they, as possible.
1: They, they had to get all that money's worth like, in. Get that pig in there could. straight away oh, man. by whatever means. <laughs> So uh, I don't know about you, but when I was uh, watching the start of this, because I saw this as a kid and didn't really—did yeah. you see it at the cinema?
0: I don't think at the cinema. No, uh, I actually think, uh, much to my embarrassment, it might have been uh, just before I started working for Umbrella, and I was doing my research. So I might, yeah. I mean, it was pretty ubiquitous growing up. It was shot in Silverton, which was like yeah. twenty minutes drive from Broken Hill, and yeah. watching it, it's like nothing's changed out there in forty years. <laughs> Except right. there's a Mad Max 2 museum now. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was eerie how precisely similar it was. But, uh, yeah, I think because growing up around it, um didn't feel necessary to see it until I was doing my due diligence, I suppose. Right. <laughs> well,
1: it was um, – I reckon mum got tickets for it through like a – an Anne Wills giveaway. Like, where, uh, Anne, the people who lived in to state, <laughs> Anne Wills was this phenomenal South Australian and still is a phenomenal South Australian entertainer. And uh, she... Uh, did you know that she had won so many state Logies that they changed the rules because she was going to overtake Graham Kennedy? She's going to be the most Logied person of all time. How That's many how Logies did Don Lane was. have? Just uh, setting that up too. Do you know how, how many... Don had? <laughs> oh, no, I have no idea. It'd be uh let, let me see if I can sort yeah. this out. But uh um, I, I mainly
0: knew Willsey is she was the weather reader on Channel Seven, wasn't she, for a, a lot of the
1: Is that right? Well she was um you know, she started off as a dancer and yep. uh, and uh, but she had a her own movie show and yeah. yep. and used to um it was great. Like she was she had her own show every week and it yep. was on in the mornings and um Hang on, having a look here at the leaderboard. uh at Don Lane, he won he won the gold logie in nineteen seventy-seven. Uh and he won hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven oh. uh logies. This will pay off later, listeners. Don't worry. It will. <laughs> let's uh, look up ann wills but ann wills put on um uh these uh, movie nights and um she 19 she won 19, 19. most popular state personality logies <laughs> owned and, south australia she owned it and she was she was great she was funny as well like uh, i remember going to uh <laughs> she she would tell so many stories like out of um like the night that she tried to pick up Brian Dennehy. <laughs> <laughs> and she walked him back to his hotel room and she thought, oh, this is going to happen. And then um, he turned her down and sh- she told the story at this. Brian. Uh, at FX. <laughs> do you remember the movie FX? I do, Yep, yeah, with uh, yeah. Brian
0: Brown, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's where she told the story. I think she was a bit tipsy. It was a very (laughs) funny story. Um, So she started off, uh, was spotted by Channel 9 executives during the 1964 Telethon Quest and was offered the job of Weather Girl on NWS9 beginning in July 1965. But she appeared on national programs like in Melbourne Tonight, Beauty and the Beast, The Burt Newton Show and Good Morning Australia and then uh, a lot of Adelaide shows, Adelaide Tonight, the Penthouse Club, AM Adelaide, movie scene. Movie that's, scene. Yep. That's uh, where I remember a Christmas telethon, potluck, and close up with Willsey. Um And also, but, sort of
0: the uh,
1: archetypal '80s mum
0: fashion icon, I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> over over the top earrings, huge earrings, like yep. the, the the sort of shiny everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so she uh, she put out this uh, you know movie night, and we uh, mum and I. We, I think we just, Oh, I think all you had to do was ring up. And we used to go to the films all the time. And uh, I think we ended up taking a friend as well. And so, but anyway, I, because I saw it as a kid, this time I'm re watching it. And suddenly Jake being ridiculed in court yes. reminded me of Lindy Chamberlain. Yes. And uh, do you think this was a deliberate reflection? Because it's kind of perfect timing for it. Yep. Uh, it was, so this is Razorback's actually
0: based on a book. Right. that came out in 1981 that uh, had a little uh, sort of uh, vignettes about the pig but was mostly about a diamond smuggling operation that the Pet Pack guys were running. Um, but I think, yeah, by the time Everett DeRoche would have been adapting it, it would have been yeah. two or three years after the Lindy Chamberlain. Do
1: people know what happened
0: with Lindy Chamberlain? Do
1: we need to explain that? Yeah, for people who don't know uh Lindy and Michael Chamberlain were uh, uh, a couple who were out uh out in the outback. Uluru, it was near yep. Uluru. Near and, Uluru yeah. Yeah, and uh th- their uh, their baby uh, Azaria was uh taken by Dingo and that was yeah. what they claimed, but lots of people thought that because yeah, they the... came from a slightly left of center religious uh yep. sect. They And now Kiwis. Yeah, and they were <laughs> yeah. Kiwis, yeah. But it was, um, they were, uh, it went to trial and people didn't believe her and it was an an awful case. Yeah, the
0: prosecutor basically said that it was a fanciful lie and uh, it was, she was in jail for three or four years, I think, before yeah. they discovered, a climber discovered that some of Azaria's clothing outside a d- dingo's den.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, which, you know, obviously changed everything. But, I mean, that that poor family, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you're sort of, Forever tarred with it, aren't you?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah I feel like, yeah, Jake's story probably, yeah, was inspired by that or referencing it. I think um yeah, I think DeRoche mentions it. The the writer Everett DeRoche mentioned it once or twice in his interviews over the years.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was quite uh it was quite obvious this time, but as a kid, you know, yeah, you don't really think just it get up, to do. the get to the pig mate. I that's mean, I live next door to a
0: roo-shooter too, so it was just like this. It's obvious that, like, <laughs> right. you know, that's you know, there's shit going on out in the bush. It's it's uh, it's happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a whole world out there that we're not sure about. <laughs> um, I wonder why they didn't use the. Uh, does Does Everett say why he didn't adapt the diamond smuggling?
0: Oh uh, look, I've, I've I've I can find a quick synopsis for a laugh. I've got it uh, saved. <laughs> Uh, the The novel the- was written by a guy called Peter Brennan, right? And, and there's another book by Kenneth Cook who wrote *Waking Pride called *Pig*, that came out in 1980 as well. So there was like a renaissance of post, like sort of post Jaws, uh, right. Razorbacks uh, oriented books. Uh, yeah. So the the book synopsis is basically uh, that it, it follows some of the similar plot lines, like Beth goes out to investigate the can- kangaroo shooting and everything. But it also just f- flies off the rails with mafia uh people uh, the mafia are involved um yeah a whole bunch of like people cheating on each other right uh, and occasional vignettes with the razorback cutting back to it um but, right yeah, it's it sounds like a mess I right. mean I, I read a few pages uh, and it was a pretty brutal read so uh right they wisely culled it down to the the basics
1: yeah so everett just pretty much, yeah, just, just made it as simple as streamlined possible. Streamlined it, yeah, yeah,
0: into the sort of, yeah, well, obviously we'll talk about some of the influences as, as we go through it, but yeah, sort of streamlined it into that sort of post-Jaws, post-Psycho, post-Wake and Fright sort of like, you know, narrative.
1: It's a crazy amalgamation of all of those films, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, yeah, little bits of road games, I guess, as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's all, all over in 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Which we I love know. to see. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. love to see
1: that. Yeah, we really do. Um so uh Jake goes to trial. He's ridiculed. He's cast out. His, his daughter turns on him. Lovely lady. Yep. <laughs> so great. So great. And then we and, cut to. Yep. Sorry. Go on.
0: Shot, that shot in the Silverton pub too. So you can get that. Yeah. That's the sense of that, uh, <laughs> that environment and just how, you know, sweaty and absolutely horrifying that would be.
1: Oh my God. Could the, put on uh, the, stand. <laughs> the, uh the, The sweat in this movie is palpable (laughs) all the way through. Um, So we cut to two years later, an American wildlife reporter, Beth Winters, talks to her fiancé, Carl, about travelling to Australia to report on a story about kangaroos being used unlawfully in pet food. She's pregnant and wants to take time off, but she can't (laughs) pass up this hot tip. Um, It's funny, when viewing the outback through these uh, outsiders' eyes, like it does look scary. And what's the most scared you've been in the Outback?
0: Uh look, I think there's probably three um three elements. Uh there's the human factor, there's the car factor, and there's the animal factor. Yeah. Um I guess the most the scariest uh driving incident I ever had was uh at night being surrounded by sheep. Right. Across the road like literally like Sorry, no kangaroos. It was sorry. Uh, we literally couldn't drive. Right. They just closed in on the car.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And emus have done that too. Um, yeah. Uh, and actually did a pr- probably a three or four spins like end to end in a car, trying to avoid an emu hitting me at one
1: point. Right. <laughs> so some terrifying vehicular ones. Uh, I was one, in a I was in a van that hit a an ostrich. Uh, uh, sorry, an emu. On, they're fucking uh, heavy. They'll, yeah. They yeah, the, the bang. Around. The bang. I was in a car with uh, Josh Earl. Yeah. Uh, we were on roadshow, and it that bang came out of nowhere, and yep. it was loud. And uh, it, it anyway, I won't go into how awful all of it was. But what was funny was when the other van pulled up, and Hannah Gadsby was in it, and she walked out, and her first comment was. Did you just hit a burlesque performer? <laughs> <laughs> Feathers everywhere. Yep. Anyway. Yep.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, humans-wise, I guess it's uh, camping at night and gunshots is always a nice one. Uh, oh, especially right. when you know it's not not <laughs> Right. Someone on their property having a crack. Right. Um, that's, that, that, that's a long night. <laughs> yeah. Of, like, keeping your ear out at any sound. And, like, you know, you can hear the proverbial pin drop when you're in the middle of the bush uh, yep. at night. Uh, and don't take mushrooms, and then experience that as well. Right, uh, <laughs> seems like a bad plan. Terrible plan. Um, yeah, and the mine shaft references in this are huge because, like, that's literally like how people were dying when I was a kid.
1: <laughs> right, falling down. Uh, just and- they
0: could they just be an abandoned mine shaft with like nothing over it. Yeah, uh, we'd ride our BMXs over them. Yeah, a little jump with some corrugated iron. Uh, yeah, great. Go over, but then you'd hear stories about people who went down them and you know would yeah they weren't found until they'd starved to death. So uh, yeah, I <laughs> always and, you, uh, and you'd let your kids go out and, and play, you know, from uh, you know the morning till dinner time, and you wouldn't know where they were in the eighties. Yep. And fuck, you know, <laughs> mum and you, did do
1: shit. Yeah, that's how you kept the numbers down. That's right. <laughs> More resources for everybody with the. Oh, yeah, uh, I think everything ways. in
0: everything in Razorback does have a yeah antecedent in growing up in the bush in mm. yeah, sort of around that era. Um, everything uh, and yeah, I mean just in terms of humans like. I went to school with uh, Benny and Dicko. Times yeah. sixty, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who we were always threatening to cut you, or like beat the shit out of you, or you know, disappear you after school, and like ridicule, you know, and yeah. uh, or find you at the local show and beat the fuck out of
1: you with the show guys. And <laughs> yeah, yep. It's uh, it's interesting the 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 people at the pub. So you know when you go on yep. tour and you go into these places, and it's the it's the people who live at the pub that I find to be the scariest because that's it's like walking into their their lounge room essentially, yeah, yeah, yep. and they treat you like that as well, even though it's nominally a place where you can get served. Often I guess the barman's fine.
0: Yeah, I guess like that's sort of the in in these stories too. It's like the it's usually Americans coming into that environment Uh, because they're even more other and we're suspicious of them. Yeah. And they look at especially the characters and stuff like that as the savages untamed and sort of, you know, uncivilised, through you know, through wake and fright and, you know, all all those sorts of uh, examples. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, Carl, especially with his, like, cooking and apron and... (laughs) All the rest is like especially unsuited to this.
1: Oh yeah, I uh, I was I don't know why, but I was particularly obsessed with in the uh, first scene with Beth and Carl. Uh, Carl's wearing a shirt and tie with an apron, with an apron while yeah. cooking.
0: He's the yeah quintessential uh, metrosexual before he was before there was a metrosexual. Metrosexual, yeah. yeah. And he, that he actor might... too is amazing, like Gregory Harrison. Um, oh
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: He was just—he was working his way into a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year coke habit, as, as this was made. Doing oh a right, bit, bit of reading, yeah, um, yeah. He had a pretty rocky nineteen eighties in general, but cleaned up by the end of the eighties.
1: Right. Oh, well, that kind of explains a, a little bit uh, with his career because he's a good-looking guy, yep. and he was—he um, was doing well on the TV series Trapper John. Yes. Uh, and playing it, Gonzo. <laughs> yeah, and it looked like he was going to kick on. And but then, yeah
0: it sounds like just after this he uh yeah he definitely got the got the nose for it and uh descended into several years of yeah hitting it pretty hard
1: well you, you kind of don't realize the uh the cocaine epidemic that was going on in uh, the states you know in the late 70s early 80s where it wasn't even really considered to be that bad like yeah, you know think, there's yeah. the, the, there was uh in the NBA the the Golden State Warriors were a, a, a terrible franchise. And that was because the hotel that uh, was like the main place that all the NBA players stayed was just rife with coke and it was really easy to get. And players yeah, were yeah. coming in and having to be sent off. And
0: it seems to yeah, perceived as like a performance enhancer rather than like a real, you know, something you could get addicted to. But I mean, I was reading a Vice article the other day that's uh, Australia's now per capita.
1: I biggest... read
0: that as well. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. i want to be invited to the parties where the mums are getting on the, the wines and lines. What's so going on there? Funny.
1: <laughs> so funny. <laughs> just a, just an afternoon, thin white duke and have a, uh, have a snort with the, the local park mums. <laughs> <laughs> I read that same article and was like a Bottle of Shiraz. Yeah. Um fuck, where
0: where are they? <laughs> I I do not know them. Uh, I I can yeah. I've got a fair guess that it'd be Potts Point and uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: surrounds. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's, it's a hilarious. place where you know only one of you needs to work. So <laughs> the uh, doctors' wives, yes. The, the the Beth Winter stuff is interesting as well. It's uh, I actually quite like her character. She she gets in there and uh, when she gets dropped into that world. Uh, my my
0: big question is like, kangaroo meat is used for pet food. Where's yeah. where's the human right? Well, the you know the animal rights angle on that, apart from getting, yeah, it's was, it was a weird plot point. Uh, well,
1: because they do, don't they? Like, our, yeah, kangaroo yeah. makes like yeah, that's
0: basically yeah, what goes to the abattoir. Um,
1: so that's a good point because I was like, uh, <laughs> I was confused. <laughs> so do you think that's there so they can, um, you know, so for to sell it overseas because they look at kangaroos as it's the
0: national icon and the- yeah potentially uh i mean judy morris is an australian actress too. she was doing a american accent uh yeah, but yeah it's that plot point unless the you know they're unhygienic or something the dicko and benny uh, right you know. <laughs> who <laughs> knows some, yeah they've you know missed some basic hygiene laws or something in the pet food industry
1: well they they 100% did looking at where they were, yeah um <laughs> So uh, also nice to see uh, young John Howard, the actor, yes. <laughs> turning up in it. Um, so Beth comes out and she uh, uh, is given uh, the, the cameraman and uh, she crosses paths with uh, Jake, who's still trying to find the giant boar that killed his grandson. And, uh, and Do you want to do, his... do, do the line, Jake? The Jake's line? <laughs> oh, no, you go for it. There's something about blasting the shit out
0: of a razorback that brightens up my whole day.
1: It's such a great line. Thanks, Bill it's, Kerr. <laughs> it's Legend. such a great learn line. Um, and uh, and then we also meet the two kangaroo hunters in Benny, which is Chris Hayward and Dicko, David Argue. And so I, I was going to ask you what you thought of these characters, but I feel like you've already told us that you are went to school. <laughs> yeah, slightly
0: traumatized. I think their name sort of means you know something like razor and. You know, um, you know Jet- probably. Um, what do we have? Uh Jacko and Razor.
1: Yeah, right. Have
0: ours. Yeah, and say no more. Um, except I think one of them is not around anymore. So
1: yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well, I'm sorry to hear that yes. about two people I've never heard about before. They were absolutely terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're interesting characters because I think uh, once again, if you weren't from Australia, you might think that they're a little bit over the top. But uh, there's, there's there's something there's something strange about that very aggressive Aussie male who is also a little bit camp as well. A Little bit
0: camp. Uh, yeah. yeah, unhinged. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, if you if you made reference to the campness, you'd be in a lot of trouble. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: but there's also uh, there's a proper dynamic between the two of them as well. Like like there's that the unhinged one in Dicko, and then like Benny's unhinged, but he's a he's a follower.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's that's the dynamic, isn't it? Like mm. it's essentially yeah, what you get is the sort of the someone who's gonna take direction from the the, the nutcase nut and uh, yeah. play along, yeah.
1: I don't know why Beth just doesn't get the fuck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I, <would> be, <laughs> it, it, I feel like as soon as I arrived and I looked around and seeing how uh, unfriendly everyone is. And- but, yeah, uh, too
0: bad, kangaroos. Uh,
1: yeah. And, you, you know, know, they just take John Howard in for a beer. And, uh,
0: yeah. yeah, they victimise her completely. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, uh, Beth discovers what uh, Benny and Dico are up to, so they try to scare her one night, and it it's it's pretty gross because it kind of feels like it's about to escalate into uh, sexual assault, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and then possibly murder. I don't know. Like, that's one of those parts of the film where you go, I don't know if I quite need this bit, but it also kind of fits in with the uh, the genre of what they're doing.
0: And, yeah, it's yeah, the, the callback, I guess, is probably at this point you're getting into the Hitchcock territory of, like, pulling the rug out too. Um, yeah. And Hitchcock's creepy sexual politics uh, yeah. probably echoed in that as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it looks like they, they'll probably murder her as well when the sound of the wild feral boar scares them off. Beth gets back to her car and the Razorback rips that apart and drags Beth away and you know well th- this is once again getting to the hitchcock part of it we're only a third of the way through the film
0: yep <laughs> and she's gone yeah that's the um, janet lee character right there and the yeah. uh, shower scene
1: yeah yeah and she like you know because carl is carl is all like if you didn't know gregory harrison you would think that's his only scene
0: yes yep and yeah she uh, yeah absolutely yeah
1: and you know uh Reading up on this, um, and I'm
0: a little bit devastated that this didn't come off. But um, Jeff Bridges was up for the role of Carl as well. Wow! Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Wow! Al
0: McElroy said that like he wasn't a big enough name, although he'd been in fucking movies for 15 years wow. by that point. And Gregory really, Adams was on TV. Yeah.
1: Hang on a sec. So, hang on. When did Razorback come out? 84.
0: So you would have gotten Jeff with his moustache too, and I'm crushed.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> so let's have a look at uh, Jeff Bridges, who wasn't a big enough star for Razorback. Pre-1984.
0: Wait, what? <laughs>
1: yeah, so... Was
0: the, he was in Starman.
1: Yep. So it, in the lead-up, he's done... King Kong. Well, uh, it, the the last picture show in 1971, yep. which yep. is his kind of big, big starring... David, yep. Uh, he also uh, appears in Thunderbolt and Lightfoot and gets nominated for an Academy Award. That's nineteen seventy four. Yep. Uh, he does seventy six King Kong, which was a uh, did not do well, but was still a big film. Uh, I guess. I guess he was in Heaven's Gate, which was a notorious yep. flop. flop, but seems to be getting a bit of revisionist history. Um, he's in Cutter's Way, which uh, I I remember being uh, a pretty good film. Uh, Tron. Yep. <laughs> and then he's in uh, in 1984. I guess he misses out on uh, doing this and has to just do Starman and Against All Odds.
0: Yeah, pretty and then, pretty, pretty astounding.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then he does Jagged Edge, and then Eight Million Ways to Die. Like he he's he's on a roll. He's After going that. going
0: for it. Then you know, it's like Fabulous Baker Boys, which made maybe the name Fabulous Baker Boys was based on Dicko and Benny. Maybe, <laughs> the ba- maybe they were. <laughs> it's like fuck you.
1: Yeah, but it's uh, that's that's extremely funny that they yeah just I was, he yeah I big had him. not
0: yeah until uh, earlier in the week when I was doing some research I was like okay uh, imagine that flick uh,
1: <laughs> he would have been very funny in it as well. We'll do a face replace. We'll get the AI onto it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we should be able to do that pretty soon, actually. We'll ruin everything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that whole that whole scene is, uh, you know, considering that the pig's not working properly behind the scenes, they do a pretty good job of the direction and uh, think, having yeah, her, her terrorised.
0: They absolutely, uh, yeah, pull it off just with the – and, you know, it, like the, the Jaws theory, like it doesn't work, so you just shoot around it and it yeah. makes it more menacing.
1: Yeah, and it works. Like yeah. I, I remember finding it pretty scary as a kid. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. So then Beth's husband, Carl, Gregory Toot Toot Harrison, travels <laughs> to Australia to find out what happened to his fiancée. He meets Dicko and Benny goes hunting with them and is soon abandoned because he quite clearly doesn't have the stomach for their methods. That's a that, that's a good scene, I reckon, watching him trying to fit in with these guys and just not being up to it, which yeah. once again gets back to your metrosexual before metrosexuality was a thing.
0: Yeah, and they, are they toying with him or do they actually just take him on board and sort of, uh, you know? Taking him at face though because he, he calls himself bill doesn't he and he sort yeah. of he doesn't let on what he's actually in town for
1: <clears throat> no he doesn't he doesn't give them any idea uh I, I think there's um once again i think there's that that uh masculine dick swinging that they're yep. doing isn't it where they're just kind of proving a point right
0: <sighs> they're, they're wonderful lifestyles living in their opal mine and <laughs>
1: Oh my lord what a what an awful life um so they take him out hunting and he uh, i think he what takes one shot does he actually hit anything and he's I don't already think so, no. he's already vomiting he has and his the, wake
0: waking fright moment there doesn't he yeah, yeah
1: it really is waking fright uh so they uh, abandon him and he spends the night hiding up a windmill to avoid the feral pigs <clears throat> do do, do feral pigs like would would they have had a little taste of him uh, well, they're, they're aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, they're aggressive. Like I,
0: a friend of mine um, lives on a property uh northern New South Wales and he had to get a bunch of trackers and hunters in to get rid of a pig on his property. Yeah, right. Because they will fuck up the environment too. Um, yeah. And they're, they're predators of lots of animals in the food chain that, that don't, you know, of, of endangered species and things like that.
1: Right. Right. But
0: yeah. Uh, they are technically, yeah, pests. Yeah. <laughs> And, right. Yeah, and they will hurt you if, you yeah, know, you get in front of them.
1: Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Exc- exciting times. Well, it's a good thing he gets up the windmill then. Uh, I'm taking my
0: daughter out to Broken Hill in three weeks. So, yeah, just yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: rethinking a few things. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you stick to the streets that are well lit <laughs> and uh, you can duck in anywhere. Um, then uh, he stumbles through the desert, hallucinating like he's in a Duran Duran film clip. And, you know, it's it's weird cuz in the middle of this movie about a wild boar and these crazy characters it gets quite surreal and the and the 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 work by Dean Semler is quite extraordinary he's another
0: south australian boy too yeah dean yeah. semler renmark yeah um reading up on his uh, yeah like it is uh, aesthetic uh, obviously comes from growing up in very similar sort of circumstances yeah uh, but yeah i mean his i mean he made mad max 2 road warrior a couple of years before. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was nearly 40 by the time he made this, I think. Um, yeah. yeah like his, his work is stunning. And Russell Mulcahy coming from like, yeah, Duran Duran, uh, the Buggles, yep. uh. And John. Yeah. Uh, he did Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, his aesthetic definitely just like locked in with Semler. Um And it's surprising that, yeah, Mulcahy, didn't, you know, he's had a career, but it's mostly on TV now. Right. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the 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 left hand turn into surrealism, <laughs> and just that that completely. Uh, I mean, the aesthetic does carry through, I guess. Like it's it's you know, like the shots throughout the film are iconic. But yeah, suddenly it's like that alien desert landscape that really yeah. reinforces really how Carl is so out of his depth. <laughs> yeah, and is sort of the making of him too. Yes, in the long run. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> He's kind of go like- through his like trial by like his, you know. I guess you know the biblical narrative of you know going through those trials.
1: Yeah, yeah. So his death and rebirth into yep. a, you know someone who like you. It, it it's funny because this is you know it, it, the movie is what it is, but when you get to the end, you do everything's been set up quite nicely for uh, you know here's a man who was wearing a shirt and tie <laughs> and an apron who and- can can you know. Survive by the end of the film.
0: Yep, yep. Um, and then he gets to meet Aki Whiteley.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, also, just getting back to that scene, uh, I read somewhere where uh, George Lucas got in touch with Russell Mulcahy, or right, or, or it was, um, was it, was it Lucas or Spielberg trying to work out how he did the dual moons? Uh, oh, okay. Scene. Yeah. So it was, you know. It had some people having a look at it. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. It didn't do. It well. It
0: bombed. Um, you know, it made eight hundred grand off five and a half million dollar budget. Yeah, but it was it gained cult status pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, and yeah, obviously, all those guys would have been seeing it because he was on the Highlander <laughs> straight after.
1: Straight yeah. after. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Carl stum- stumbles upon the home of Sarah, which is Archie Whiteley, who was a friend of Jake's. Uh it's it's amazing that um nobody can find this pig, but uh Carl can bump into someone who knows Jake. Um Small Towns. Small towns <laughs> who is a friend of Jake's and been monitoring the increasing violence of the local feral pigs. This is about the halfway point where it feels the movie trans transitions from Dali-esque nightmare to a classic horror film. And uh is is there a part that you enjoy more or do do you prefer because it is kind of a little bit more surreal at the beginning.
0: I mean, we do get the. I mean, it's sort of yeah. We get the shot of Archie Whiteley with the snout. The snout uh, yes, which is very <laughs> American werewolf in London. London, sort of, yeah. Um, reveal, but yeah. Um, and some of you know, I it, it does sort of uh, accelerate into ridiculousness in some senses. In the you know, her tracking, her amazing tracking computer, and all the
1: like right. like it's it's amazing the technology she has in uh 1984 that can do all this stuff where you know i remember having to move from Optus to Telstra in 2010 because my phone wasn't getting enough coverage but her can, her computer yeah, check tracking a feral phone
0: across like you know <laughs> tens of thousands of square kilometers and- yeah
1: yeah it's extraordinary <laughs> uh, but as to which side of uh-
0: yeah, I think that, that that's that that's that lull before it goes into sort of like almost like the end of aliens. Yeah. <laughs> uh at the meat packing plant uh at the finale. Yeah. Um yeah, it's an interesting sort of yeah, sort of um narrative flow it has in that sense. Yeah. I guess his recovery and like um you know, he gets his closure with Beth and then pretty much forgets about her immediately. <laughs> so
1: Bad. Like he's pretty torn about Beth and then he sees Archie having a shower and he's like, like hang about <laughs> Yeah. Everything's gonna be okay. I'm actually I'm actually really single. Which well, is what I've realized. Yeah. I'm, I'm into the desert now. It's fine. <laughs> um there, there there was a part of me that almost preferred the film when uh like like Dicko and Benny are kind of the bad guys of the film and the the the, the giant pig is just a force of nature, really. Yep. Um and uh it, it, it's like even the scenes go from the, the wake and fright like vistas and then it uh, moves to haunted house, like once yes. you get to the meatpacking place. Uh, it, it's interesting that Carl, once he discovers his fiance's ring, is happy to leave. In pig shit. In pig shit. <laughs> in pig yeah. feces. yes. Yeah, <laughs> and just happy to go. And uh, there, there's something about... Um, I wonder if part of the reason the movie didn't take hold is because... Carl's kind of an interesting American lead character because, for lack of a better word, uh, for the majority of the film, he's a pussy.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, like he's a
0: real wimp. Yeah, he's not gung ho at all. No, no.
1: <laughs> like this is not Arnie coming in, or Stallone, or Eastwood. This is. Yeah, I really I, my my recollection
0: of when I first saw it was that Bill Kerr, you know, his role was bigger, mm. um, and he was yeah you know, the lead to some extent. Yeah, um, but obviously Jake, his character, sort of yeah, uh, has a pretty rough time, and then is a, out of the out of the picture.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? The uh, maybe because like, okay, knows- I mean, sorry, yep, no, but uh, I remember when uh, the the first episode, the pilot of Lost, was being made, and uh, the the character of Jack was going to be played by Michael Keaton. And the reason they were going to have Michael Keaton was because Jack was going to be... You were going to start on Jack and then two-thirds of the way yep. through the pilot or maybe the second episode, they were going to kill Jack off. And that's yeah. why you'd have Michael Keaton. And then, you know, that's telling everyone nobody's safe. Yes, yep. And then someone pointed out you can't do that. You need to... If you're starting with this person, you need to stick with this person because this is the person's way in. And this film... Maybe it would have been better if they just had focused more on Jake. Like maybe it would have had more uh, cut through because it's like, okay, I'm with this guy, and then it's like, oh no, Jake's been shit on. Oh no, it's this woman. All right, well I guess it's her story. Oh no, she's out. Oh now yeah. now it's this guy hallucinating. Like there's there's yeah, no through life to yeah, in latch onto in the
0: environment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, like I guess the the direct parallel is Jaws, and you know, having um. Yeah, the quint character sort of thing, uh, being more active in the plot, uh, right? To, to the end, more so than sort yeah. of yeah, losing him two thirds the way in, I guess.
1: Yeah, in in a pretty uninspiring kind of way as well. Like, there's kind of no, um, you know, he, he's essentially hiding, whereas it yeah. would have been more exciting. Like even like when Quint gets taken out in Jaws, he goes down fighting. Like exactly, his, yeah. Like his boat's being ripped apart and everything, but, uh, you know, he's still taking shots and trying to take out that damn shark.
0: <laughs> yeah. They Whereas, yeah, they, they, ripped, they ripped Jake off somewhat, I think.
1: Yeah, they sideline him too much and put him in, uh, you know, by the time he pops up. Uh, I understand why, why they did it, but it would have been more interesting to maybe keep him as the Roy Scheider kind of character.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, since you do start with a pretty traumatic scene with him. Yeah, he gets no closure. He just,
0: apart from the fact that the, the pig which gets him in the end.
1: Gets him in the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jake gets injured by Benny and Dicko, which leaves him as perfect fodder for the giant feral pig. So we've we've covered that. And then Sarah and Carl go to help Jake, but it's all too late. And now they must deal with uh, Dicko and Benny. Uh, what, what, what do you think of the scene where Carl leaves Benny in that opal shaft? Because uh, that's an opal shaft, right?
0: It is, yeah. It is an opal mine, they're in, yeah. Um, that's which, it.
1: it's, it's, it's a little bit mad, uh, end of Mad Max, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yep. Because he goes down the shaft, doesn't he, on the wire? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And we never see him
0: again. <clears throat> never seen again. That's sea out of Chris Haywood. Uh, Chris Haywood does pop up in 2017's Ball, though, which right. is another giant feral pig movie that looks yes. absolutely terrible. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if it's. Uh, Dicko that makes it out of the shaft and comes right back. <laughs> but yeah. Is,
1: is, is Bora is it in the same universe is it is a sequel is it a remake the, what is direct,
0: it? the director claims it's not uh, right. it's a it's a bunch of uh, photogenic soap actors uh playing a family that's on holiday in what looks like sort of the barossa Valley <laughs> right
1: right wow it's
0: uh, a big pig there. And it, as John Darrett makes an appearance, Ernie Dingo makes an appearance. Uh, this is all just via the trailer, but um, they claim it's in no way related. But then again, I guess like Rogue, Greg McLean's giant croc movie, yeah. Uh, you know, you look at Dark Age. You know, we're just yeah. basically doing the recycling of the the eighties uh, giant yeah. giant animal horror flicks, eco horror yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'm not yeah. watching. For no way. <laughs>
1: No, it doesn't look uh, terrible. Name too, you know. We've got the double meaning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You always um, look. People will give you shit reviews no matter what. You don't want to. You don't want to give them an easy target. No, you don't want that. Yeah, the lead to be bore. Uh, full stop. <laughs> I, I'd never even heard of that one when you sent me the uh, the poster. It was, it was funny. It's like I didn't. It didn't trigger anything. It didn't remind me of anything. I, yeah.
0: I... You know, this is 2017. I would have been pretty aware of, you know, anything that was going on in that vein and nothing.
1: Nothing. (laughs) Nothing at all. (laughs) Ring no bells. I was exactly the same. That's funny. (laughs) Um, Also, uh, there's an interesting scene when uh, they they go after Dicko and Carl has Dicko in the spotlight like an animal and by the time the Razorback turns up, it looks like nobody can make it out alive. Uh, that, that, that's a that's a pretty good shot actually of yeah. uh, you know the juxtaposition of uh, everything that's going on uh, what, what do you think of the finale because it's it's pretty crazy it goes hard yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it goes very hard yeah
0: and, then, yeah, like I said earlier, it does give you that sort of uh, Ripley versus Alien Queen sort of vibe. The aesthetic that they, you know, they're using is very yeah. expressionistic. Yeah. Uh, you know, beautiful use of light. Uh, I read a uh, Mulcahy quote somewhere where he's he's like, I don't give a shit which direction the light's coming from. People are watching. He doesn't have any issue with, like, using the most dramatic light, even if it makes no sense in terms of where people are in the shot. Right. He's just like, whatever looks good is what we're going to go with. Yeah. Well, I think of it too. uh, This one, uh, Dean Semler actually went on to shoot Young Guns.
1: Yes. uh, And
0: there's an anecdote he tells about the uh, assistant director crew from Young Guns being a bunch of Hell's Angels from Oakland. Right. Who loved Razorback. Right. uh, And took him out one night. Uh, They all ate pig trotters, got wasted, all the rest. Uh, I'll paraphrase. Goes back to his tent and finds a boar head. Because they were, as as a mark of respect. Wow, wow! <laughs> they would stuck a boar's head in his in his um, sleeping bag. Wow! <laughs> and he's that... like, that's, that's how I knew they they loved it so much. And right. uh, luckily, they didn't do it when my wife was there because those hell's angels would have had their asses kicked. Was the uh...
1: what's the answer? <laughs> yes. Far out. That is, I, I feel like that's one of the most terrifying things uh, that you can have happen, which is. The, the the really scary people who love you and you have yes. to go along with them. And you have
0: to give them, yeah, uh yeah, just <laughs> play along at all at all costs. Yeah. 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 It is yeah, it is. and then they give you the boar's head, so it's even yeah, more confronting. Thanks, we guys. To,
1: <laughs> we we used to have bikers come to shows at uh, during the fringe at the Rhino room in yep. the old days and they would just you'd you'd hear all these motorbikes and you'd be like, Oh fuck. You know, and the <laughs> and the problem was the um to be honest, they were they were good audience members, but the rest of the audience was shitting themselves. The fuck out, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But- I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, like, and especially Adelaide. Like, we all know the stories. Yeah, um, you have got plenty of uh, various people with various patches uh, circulating.
1: Well, well the, the well every every city in Australia does has you know Just like-
0: Adelaide has the special sort of fresh on on that maybe a well no no you know
1: what you, well no i I what i reckon it is is that you can you like you could just get into the city easier do you know what i mean like it's it's, it's really easy to get from the outer suburbs of adelaide
0: go, yep yep main north road and then and,
1: and then you're in you know yep. so there's more likelihood of them coming into the city Circulator. whereas in new south wales and victoria they're, they're you know so spread out Yep. <laughs> that you know like, I just want to go and see some comedy, <laughs> mate. They could just come in and they could just park wherever they wanted and they could just walk in and then they could go back out to their uh, okay. I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's any more than okay, you don't think it's okay, yep. Yeah. but I just think it's easier to get around. Like, Adelaide's well planned, it is very well planned <laughs> and it works against it sometimes It's a great
0: grid, <laughs> It's really, really is, yeah. Sydney, fuck, too hard, yeah. Parramatta Road, you know, where you're going.
1: Mate, I've got some of my oldest friends who live in Sydney who live in Marrickville, and I've seen them three times in eight years because it's too <laughs> fucking hard to get around.
0: It's confusing. It's very confusing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's just too just too difficult. And then people just uh, eventually, you know, can't be well, it's bothered. About, well, it's about, a,
0: <clears throat> what, two Ks as the crow flies, maybe?
1: From where you are, to America, uh, maybe yeah, it's maybe. like a forty-five minute fucking train trip. So it's crazy. Um, <laughs> gotta go buy a Chatswood. and uh... <laughs> um, I, I feel a bit sorry for the pig. In the end, it fucking gets a gets an awful death, getting chopped up by the the yeah. <laughs> meat cutter, and back into the pet food, and back into the pet food. So but at least he got the ring out before the. <laughs> there's a part of me that uh, I would love to see a sequel to this. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe they've cleaned up the you know now it's uh you know vegan pet food <laughs> and a new pig comes along i had a pretty I, good vegan steak the other week actually okay it's possible yeah well the you know i was uh, I went and saw my auntie and uncle my my uncle turned 86 and uh we, i was discussing with them about how I don't. I don't really have any respect for vegetarians or vegans now because they're doing it easy. Because people know how to cook. But yeah. uh, back in the old days, if you were a vegetarian or a vegan, you were yeah, to the limited to the cause because there was not much to eat. There was there was vegetables boiled until they had no flavor. Yep. There was salads with you know just some. Italian uh, dressing out of a bottle squeezed onto it until it was soaked in it. And uh, there was chicken, which yes. they would keep serving to you even when you said you were vegetarian or vegan.
0: Or a shocking yeah, bit of fish uh, that you'd uh,
1: yeah. you know, overcooked you'd, as well. You'd have to explain. No, lemon. no, no, I don't eat that.
0: I, my daughter was actually uh, asking. We're visiting some friends in Adelaide on the way to Broken Hill and she's asked me, are they carnivores? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, tell them they can't eat meat near me. So oh, really? We're four and a half, and we're already uh, going to be a militant uh, vegetarian wow. warrior. Wow. Where did that come from? I don't know. I mean, she's really excited to meet their little girl, but she's like, I I think kindy, the lines start to get drawn a little bit in terms of they see what other people's diets are. Yeah, right. And all the different lunch boxes that come in. Wow. <laughs> And she's been a uh, yeah. I mean, she gets a, a lot of protein and everything. But yeah, she's just like they cannot eat, near, eat meat near me, Daddy.
1: Oh.
0: Okay, I'm not, I'm not sure how to reinforce that one, but uh.
1: yeah, sure. Oh well, though, I look forward to hearing about this trip when it's done. Um, this Actually, movie, what right. was that? Yeah, no, no, it's go, like go, fine, Don't worry, no, no. Oh, okay, he's pulling, he's, he's pulling out of this comment. <laughs> yeah, um, the movie ends as suddenly as it begins. It looks like Sarah and Carl will fall in love. Uh so thank goodness that uh, Beth is out the way. It's, it's it's a real fucking full stop of an ending, isn't it? It's like, no, nah, you don't need to know anything else. No, it's done. The, done. the pig's dead and she's still alive and he looks pretty happy that she's still alive. Credits.
0: And let's go get yeah, let's go and get some nose candy. Uh, yep. No. <laughs> chewed on.
1: Yep. No no funeral for Jake. Like fuck Jake. <laughs> His traumatic awful life. <laughs> no yeah. closure. I mean, and probably bits of Beth are probably still in the pig too, so. Yeah, no. mate. <laughs> I, yeah, how long would it take for, oh, anyway, let's digest. Not get into that. yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You need to go into the sort of Sons of Anarchy breaking bad, sort of like how long would a pig take to digest a yeah. human body when you. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like, ah, oh, I don't really need to know that. Well, we'll ask Brad Pitt and Snacks, you if the... yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's enough. Um so, what are your thoughts on the film with the the rewatch? Did, did were you like me that um, you, you feel like you were across it, but then you were watching it and you you remembered it kind of kind of incorrectly? Like Bill Kerr was more in it more? Absolutely, like um, definitely. You know, Dicko and Benny, uh,
0: the prominence of their characters certainly wasn't. You know, it wasn't something I remembered as no. being such a you know such a through line. The villains. are are those guys, the pigs, the force of nature that sort of just, you know, turns up, knocks someone off, (laughs) Yeah, repeat. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, remember just how stunning the cinematography and, you know, the direction. Like, that's sort of fried into your brain. Um, You know, and like I said, like, I went back to... I was in Silverton maybe two years ago, and, like, it's exactly the same, and it's you can absolutely see that if you were... For some reason, out of mobile, I, I, th- I think you can still get mobile coverage out there now, right? But if you fucked up, you're pretty, <laughs> you're in a bit of trouble out there. Yeah, um, if yeah. you weren't, you know, across the environment,
1: um, or mine shafts. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed it though. I enjoyed rewatching it. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It uh, feels like, um, you know, like if it, it definitely. It, it feels like it could have been a little bit better, like, uh, but it gets most things right. I so, so. Yeah. you know, yeah, it I kind mean, of fits in with the genre.
0: Yeah, especially in the sort of the mid-80s, you know, that zone. I mean, we, we haven't even talked about Ivor Davies' score from Ice House. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say. <laughs> At the but, age the, of, I think he was maybe just started Ice House and this was his, because he, he didn't want to be a rock star. Um, no. I, Ivor was anti-toot. Um, from my reading and would always go back to the hotel after the show and go to bed. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, the soundtracks were his sort of parallel career um, or that was the intention. Like Ice House was going to be one thing and the uh, soundtrack um, thing would be his uh, other income, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, uh, like Ice House started in 77 77. as as Flowers. Yes. And, uh, um, but, yeah, he's always... He's always felt um, more European, hasn't he, in yeah, the way he approaches yeah. things?
0: Yeah, I was. Some of the stuff I was reading around Eyeball was sort of like that. Sort of, it was. Yeah, he was not Angry Anderson, obviously. Like he's yeah. not a macho Australian lead singer. He's more of an effete sort of European Bowie-esque sort of presence. Yeah. He
1: like, uh, thankfully he, Bowie didn't grow that mullet. No, uh, that's a hell of a mullet. <laughs> Jeez, that that is a scorcher of a of, of a mullet too. Iconic. Uh, <clears throat> I still think that um, that first uh, album by Flowers, which is called Ice House, which is yep. what they changed their name to, I still think that is one of my all time favourite albums. Yep. Definitely one of my all time uh, favourite Australian albums. But uh, he he worked on uh, the ballet uh, boxes with the uh, Sydney Dance Company. Did he do Berlin? Uh, He worked on Peter Weir's film uh, *Master and Commander*, *The Far Side of the World*. Rusty. Uh, What else? Uh, Boxes. The Berlin Tapes. Yep. Yep. So you know he's um, yeah, he's an interesting one. Uh, I think the music's really good. I think yeah, it's
0: it's, you know in the sort of the synth the there's a um there's a new synth computer that come that came out prior to this called Therlight that they used uh, that had a really yeah, obviously John Carpenter would have been all over that as well.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: it's a really yeah, great, iconic soundtrack that I don't think gets a lot of, you know, mention, but it's definitely uh, it's up there with Semler and Mulcahy's work.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, it, it also harkens back to a time when there were, you know, four TV stations and in the Outback you would have had two and that's why everyone was watching Don Lane. It's funny how he like keeps turning the, the, up. The
0: construction of those houses.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> When that guy's watching at home and the whole, yeah. and whole, the whole side of the house goes. Um, What's well, a big pig?
0: I mean, you know, yeah, sure. I think, you know, the back shed might have been that poorly constructed, but, like, you know, right. you know, there's something a little bit more sturdy going on
1: uh, Yeah,
0: sort of a big pig attack.
1: Well, what I do enjoy is that even when it gets ripped apart, the the TV Keeps playing for quite yes. a while, so you get to see it off in the distance. That's the power
0: of Don Lane's logies, oh, fueling, right. fueling.
1: I do love Don Lane. who was, <laughs> um, but it's a uh, yeah, it's a real kind of snapshot back into Australian history. You know, the uh, I, I think you know summing up the film, I think uh, getting the, now that we've talked it uh, out, I do think that the the main mistake it makes is shifting POV. Too, yes, many too many in, times in too, too short a um, amount of time.
0: I mean, in that in that sense, I mean, that might have been, you know, obviously the novel it's based on, as we discussed, is sort of like all over the place with yeah. so many different uh, points of view. And although the Roche boiled it down, maybe didn't boil it down far enough, maybe for our contemporary requirements for a, you know yeah. a lead, a lead to, to carry the film, and maybe you can do like one rug pull and yeah. you know, take out but yeah the continually changing points of view does sort of remove you from it a bit
1: yeah it's a you know maybe uh you know maybe you could have had that very that that start and then you maybe needed to go straight to beth and carl and maybe you needed more time with carl you know finding out the news you know and yep. like anyway i i wonder if this is a film that would be you know, no one's going to do it, but maybe it would be perfect for a remake.
0: That'd yeah, be interesting. Because
1: um, it doesn't feel like you'd have to change too much to get it on get it on the right track.
0: No, no. Sadly, they probably screwed it with Bore.
1: Probably, so, yeah. That <laughs> that has nothing to do with thing. Razorback. That's the important thing but to gone, That was
0: a giant pig movie. No one's heard of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's leave it alone.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? I was glad that we went back to this one. I really enjoyed it. I thought We've been it was fun. Threatening
0: to for a while, so yeah, it's yeah, good that we finally got there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good to. And I, I saw that you announced it on uh, that we were doing it on Twitter, and it feels like there's a few people that have quite excited. People are into it.
0: it. Yeah, absolutely, they are. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed it, guys. <laughs> Yeah. And and quite a few people have seen it and saw it in the cinema. So, you know, they've got that up their sleeve
1: too. Yeah. Yeah. Time to go back and uh, check it out. Yeah. Hey, uh, what's going on with Homebrewed Vampire Bullets? You're up to volume three now. Volume three is
0: out. I'm very. uh, What would you say? Taking some time away from doing creative stuff. Oh, <laughs> okay. By the whole process. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you know, when you finish something, you sort of go, oh, yeah, that's done." Now, what do I do? Uh, yeah. So sort of, I'm in that zone at the moment, uh, right. but I am coming back. To, I'm packaging them up. I've got obviously people won't be able to see this, but I've got the three in a package now. Oh, great. Um, that I'm going to start to ship out. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we could talk about doing a giveaway of a couple couple of packs via Patreon. Yeah, um, um, we can figure something out.
1: Yeah, I'll put it up on Patreon. Uh, for Just, uh, uh, yeah, uh, tell us out. who who's saying total eclipse of the heart, and the first three people that get it right can have a book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so, for the Patreon subscribers, I'll I'll put this up on uh, I'll I'll put up uh, uh uh a uh a post on Patreon yep. and uh where they can answer it and the yep. first three that answer it will will send out the, the you first get three, three books. Volumes.
0: You get the four the first three books. Yep. Yeah. Uh great. and yeah so I'm sort of I've got a couple of other projects on the boil, but yeah I'm gonna start pushing it as the trilogy collected and um yeah sort of into the second half of the year. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, and you can check that out at pastyaml.com Uh I am Detoxing from the other so- the social platforms, but checking on a weekly basis ish. Yeah. And doing the cowards, uh you know, I'm basically just scheduling posts and then not looking at it. So you can find me at Past the Ammo on Instagram and Twitter too. But yeah. I'm not around much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're the same still way
1: you're, to go. You're, you're still posting. So yeah. Um, yeah. The content's going out. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. All right. Thanks for today. Thank you very much. Thank you to Garth for hanging out with me today. Don't forget to check out his exploitation-inspired novels, Homebrew Vampire Bullets, at passtheamil.com. A big thank you to Matt for being our Patreon subscriber of the episode. If you'd like to support our work here, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton, or even just leaving a top review on Apple Podcasts is a great way of helping people find us. I'll be back next week with a new Mission Impossible episode as Adam Richard and I will be discussing Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and probably one of our most childish jokes that we cannot stop laughing about Uh It's You know what? I'm not even going to tell you what it is. When you hear the episode, you'll know exactly what we are being very childish about. But anyway, it's a really fun episode and uh, a lot of laughs. We are loving this series and there's only one more after this before the new one comes out. So, we're gearing up for that. Thank you for taking time out to hang with me today. Uh, Your time and your presence is always appreciated and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Until then. (music)